Well, it's been eight days since the dog bolted on us. And the scars of my hands show that I've literally bled in search for this wayward hound. We put considerable amount of time, 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 energy, and money into searching for this dog. I'm not the only one, though. Members of this congregation have been searching. People from Coco's Heart Dog Rescue have been searching. People from the Retrievers have been searching. Friends have been searching. Neighbors have been searching. All of Hudson Towns, city and township are covered with signs with pictures of this dog. Flyers have been made. Doors have been knocked on. Deer hunters have been upset because I've been walking around. I'm sure many trail cams have caught my mug as well as ring doorbell systems of me searching people's yards and friends searching people's yards. Drones have been used. It's been an incredible effort and still no dog. But at least we know that we are trying. Have we shrugged our shoulders when she ran off and just said, well, maybe she'll come back? We have always wondered. If she doesn't come back, we'll still always wonder, but at least we'll be comforted by the fact that we tried, that we've done our very best to bring this wayward pup home, and that for now is enough. Sometimes our efforts do not always produce the results that we want, but at least we have to try. Today we have a very, very harsh parable, the parable of the talents. And for a long time, I think people have misunderstood what this parable is about. It's not a stewardship lesson at all, but rather it's the reality about how we choose to view God and how we use the most incredible gift ever given. See, the thing is, the sin of the third slave was not in failing to produce anything. It was his failure even to try, and it was his view of the master. See, the master gives an incredible gift. We can't even begin to imagine the worth of the gift. Well, we sort of can. A talent's not like three little coins given, but rather a talent is about 132 pounds worth of precious metal. One talent was the equivalent of 20 years of wages or salary. One talent was a fortune. Five talents was a hundred years worth of wages. And for a master to give a slave that much to be in charge of implied incredible trust, it implied an incredible familial bond. See, the thing is, slavery by any circumstances is never correct, but sometimes slavery in the ancient world had the slaves as part of the family. And this seems to be the case here because only complete love and trust would ever have a master give 
a slave that much responsibility. He's saying with a gift, hey, we're family, we are one. I trust you to do your best. Go for it. I'm leaving it in really, really great hands. And the first two return that same love, that same trust. They know to enter into joy right away. One of the commentary, one of the commentaries I read about this likened the first slave to investing in Apple iPhones. Every year a new phone was produced and a fortune was made so everyone felt like a phone or computer in their hand was a necessity. And someone likened the second slave to investing in Starbucks and so it's literally possible for people to spend eight bucks on a fancy cup of coffee. But the other one, <clears throat> it was like the old adage of hiding money in the freezer or in the mattress and not doing a darn thing. Not really believing, perhaps, that the master would return. Also, he had a very, very strange view of the master. Why was his view so different from the first two? For the first two did not have that fear. If they were awed and honored to be given the responsibility to make use of the gift. Because that's what it is. A gift when you're given such trust. The other one shows not to. Shows that often God is what we make God out to be. Which is true because we, rather, we do the same thing with people. We have a preconceived notion and then for life we decide that someone is really great or a jerk. I know someone made up their mind about me just because of my own political views and forever the die is cast in their eyes that I'm a certain way. They choose to see a limited person and often we choose to see a limited God. And in that aspect, then I have to ask, what is the best gift we've ever received? A lot of times I want to go into a monetary thing and I'm flummoxed. But the reality is it should never be a monetary thing at all. It should be all about the complete love, mercy, and grace offered to me. It should be faith given to me by the Spirit. It should also include the life eternal promised by the Spirit. It's the gift that we've all received. It's more valuable than anything, and we've been given or entrusted to use it wisely. And our sin is not using it at all. A lot of times, it's because we view God as a harsh taskmaster. And I don't know where that comes from. Well, I do know. I think the majority of people who avoid the church or unbelievers are because of people in the church. Because the reality is Christians are often seen as judgmental because often we are judgmental. Often Christians are viewed as being concerned about morals because often we are concerned about morals over grace. Often Christians are seen as uptight because often we are uptight 
often Christians are seen as concerned about rules because often we are concerned about rules. The reality is that often the church, Christians in general, are not seen as joyful spreaders of grace, mercy, love, and compassion because often we're not using the gift correctly or the gift entrusted to us at all. And then we fail to enter into the joy of the Master. The Master will return, that's a promise. When the Master returned for the slaves, first two entered into incredible joy because all along they saw the Master as loving and joyful and kind. The third went into his own hell that he made for himself because he viewed the Master that way. Circumstances are often what we make them. Not always, but often. And the reality is, had the third slave tried and lost, the words also have been uttered, well done, good and faithful servant, entering the joy of the master, because at least you tried. You just didn't see me in a wrong light, and you were faithful in trying to spread the wealth. What will be said about us? That's an easy question, isn't it? Well, the good news is that we have a God of love and compassion, not a tyrant. And so you have that, you have that view of God as tyrant and harsh and wrathful. Put it away. Look instead at love, mercy, and compassion and grace. Look at God who entrusts us to spread the joy and to enter the joy. Look at God as someone who sees you as valued and has given you, given us, a gift not to be put away, but to be used. And we will fail. And from failure comes learning. We might not get the results we envisioned, but that's okay, because again, we are being faithful. The sure and certain way not to get anything is not to try at all. Use the gifts given and enter into the joy of the Master because all along, that's what God wants. And with that, what else can we say? But to God be the glory, now and forever. Amen.